Howdy there. I'm Matt McKinley with the Burning Daylight Podcast. If you ever wanted to make a podcast, well, Spotify's got a platform that makes that lets you make one super easily. And then you can distribute it everywhere and even earn money. All in one place for free. It's called Spotify for, for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from the phone or computer. Uh, so no matter what uh, your setup is like, you can uh, start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And uh, if you like my show, Fence Post Politics with my buddy Aaron, that's the place to watch it because it's all video all the time. And we uh, like we share videos, we comment on videos, we share news articles and uh, and funny memes. So um, it's pretty cool. Um, and also, if you want to take your conversations to uh, with your fans to the next level, uh, your question and answer answer and polls are the best way to get them talking you can attach that to your your podcast there and, and you get your you get you know valuable interactions with your fan your fans and uh <clears throat> with spotify for podcasters you can earn money in a variety of ways including ads and podcast subscriptions and best of all it's totally free with no catch and that's uh that that is true um, <laughs> supposed to do a testimonial here, um, but anyways, this is the the podcast I use or the podcast uh host that I use. I like Spotify. They're uh they're very good on just letting you do your thing, uh with uh with no catch to it. Uh, there's a good reason why Joe Rogan hosts podcasts on Spotify and, and this is uh this is a great way to get started if you if you've ever thought about starting a podcast this is where I would send anybody to go um <clears throat> best thing you can do is just download the Spotify for podcasters app or you can go to spotify.com slash podcasters to get started and yeah if you've ever thought about just doing a podcast or if you're tired of paying a monthly service that uh, doesn't seem to do much for you, Spotify podcasters is your spot. So uh, go to spotify.com slash podcasters or download the app today. Mackenzie Johnston with Cattle News Central, bringing you your March 30th cattle industry headlines, brought to you by Ag Risk Advisors. They provide risk management programs to livestock producers all across the West. Whether you are concerned about price or weather risk, Ag Risk Advisors, they are here to help with current day market fluctuations. You and I both know there is nothing more important than locking in a price floor on your cattle. So if you would like to learn more about an LRP, go ahead and reach out to an advisor today. Also sponsored by American Beef Producer Magazine. They offer in-depth articles on a wide variety of topics within the industry. They feature award-winning photography and so much more within their publication. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about the magazine, maybe check out some of their recent issues. All you got to do is click on the American Beef Producer link above in the caption. That's going to take you over to their Facebook, ba Facebook page, excuse me, where you can do all of that. American Beef Producer Magazine, guiding beef producers for over 25 years. 
And finally, Camel Cattle Company. They are a guest consigner of the 18th annual Buy the Beef Bull Sale hosted by JAS Red Angus. This sale is going to be on April 5th up in Nipua, Manitoba. They're going to be offering some of the very best Red Angus bulls around. These bulls are the right kind. They are stout, hairy, good-footed. Uh, they are also bred and fed to go out and work. If you would like to learn more about Camo Cattle Company, or if you'd uh, like to check out the sale catalog and learn a little bit more about sale day, all you got to do is head on over to camocattle.ca. So as many of you know, and as many of us have talked about by now, on Monday, Senators Chuck Grassley, a Republican from Iowa, Deb Fisher, a Republican from my home state, Nebraska, John Tester, Democrat from Montana, and Ron Wyden, a Democrat from Oregon, introduced an updated version of the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act. This bill was originally introduced back in November. So I'm sure a lot of you have read the bill by now, or at least have read some kind of an overview about the bill. And I do encourage you all to read the bill. There uh, was some conversation yesterday and it was stated that everyone should read the bill and make up their own minds. And I could not agree more. Any legislation that is going to impact our industry, all of us should be reading these bills, truly understanding what it means to our industry and how it will benefit us as producers. So with that being said, I am still going to walk through uh, the updated points that come along with this bill. So the approved pricing mechanisms that may be utilized by packers for procurement include cattle sold at a sale barn, uh, through a trading system or platform with multiple buyers and sellers, and via cash or negotiated grid. If passed, this bill would require the USDA to conduct, conduct a rulemaking process to determine five to seven regions across the continental United States and reasonably reflect similar fed cattle purchases. Initial mandatory minimum requirements within each region are based on historical cash and negotiated grid purchases in 2020 and 2021. Packers, in, packers included in this bill would be required to meet mandatory minimum purchases within a time period established by the USDA. Packers would be required to report the number of cattle scheduled for delivery for each of the next 14 calendar days. Packers would also be required to report cutout yield data. The bill would establish a cattle contract library. Average carcass weight reporting would be expedited. And finally, the bill increases the penalty for mandatory minimum violations to $90,000 per violation. So essentially, this bill, uh, the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act, would require the nation's largest beef packers to procure a percentage of their cattle via negotiated cash trade. This is what we have been asking for for years now. And no one is happy about it. There is always something to complain about. Always something to complain about. And I'll talk more about this at the end. I realize this bill is not perfect, but you have to understand that you don't get perfect in this world. Some point, almost everything in life, you have to compromise. Almost everything, if you're going to get everywhere and get anywhere. And I know a lot of people are going to hate me for saying that, but not just with legislation. I think in life in general, you have to compromise. You don't, you don't get the whole, the whole cake. You get a slice and you hope that it has some benefit towards what you're doing. So, of course, everyone weighed in on this bill now that it has been introduced. And Brownfield Ag News reported on NCBA's stance on it. And 
you guessed it, they cannot support it because it includes government mandates on the methods that cattle producers choose to market their cattle. According to Tanner Beimer, a, uh, excuse, excuse me, Tanner Beimer, senior director of government affairs with NCBA, NCBA's members have been very clear about the fact that they strongly oppose the mandates, such as those included in this bill. Um, we all saw at their last convention, they voted against any kind of mandates like this. But it's, again, I, I've talked about this and I'm sure all of you have talked about it out there. It's funny, the year before, you know, they said if their voluntary program didn't work, they are going to get after it and go with a, a solution, a government solution, you know, to fix this issue within our industry. Then it comes time for convention and nope, we can't touch those mandates. Can't do it. Really walked back on their word, but I would expect nothing less from NCBA. So instead, the nation's largest cattle organization will stay focused on improving opportunities for producers across the board. Uh, Beimer says NCBA will continue to work towards increasing processing capacity and getting some additional reporting through the LMR system. Senator Grassley is confident that there are enough votes to move the bill out of the Senate Ag Committee into markup and will be asking for a hearing. There's never been this much momentum for industry change, both at the grassroots level and in Congress, said Grassley. He went on to say that Congress needs to work with urgency to pass this legislation, even if there is pushback. And Lord knows there is pushback. The groups that disagree with this bill just want to study, study and study some more. And we all know who he's referring to with that statement. And they just want to kick the can down the road. Uh, but Grassley believes that we've waited long enough and I could not agree more. We've kicked this can down the road long enough. Um, strike while the iron is hot. So many people have said that within our industry and I could not agree more because there's going to come a day when this iron has cooled. There's going to come a day when this momentum, when we're not moving, when we are not moving. So. I couldn't agree more. If we're going to get something done, we need to get it done. I'm sure, as a lot of you uh, saw yesterday also, RCAF came out with their stance on the bill. And according to Bill Bullard, their CEO, RCAF, remains incredibly disappointed that Congress has not yet taken any meaningful action to address the serious crisis in the cattle industry that is now entering its eighth year. Cattle organization is now analyzing the cattle price, uh, the Cattle Price Discovery and Transparency Act, but RCAF remains concerned with the fact that the proposal authorizes the USDA to take up two more years before it even establishes minimum cash volume requirements. What is RCAF going to do in the next two years to better our industry? Are they going to get us minimum cash uh, requirements within the next two years? Are they going to get it done before this bill before this bill can get it done? It's a valid question, and it's an honest question. Furthermore, Bullard believes that the minimum requirements that would be set through this bill would be at the, would be at the same inappropriate levels that, uh, that they've been at over the past two years. RCAF had high hopes uh, of Congress providing a measured response to this serious crisis in the cattle industry, but obviously they are incredibly disappointed. All you got to do is go to uh, my Facebook page and read some of the comments from the post I put up yesterday. People are disappointed and they are angry. Nonetheless, the cattle organization will continue to wade through, the, wade through this complicated proposal to determine if it provides any meaningful reform for America's independent cattle producers' support. Um, again, I would like to know, yeah, waiting for two years, it's two more years down the road, but it's two years closer to us getting something done. If you can tell me what RCAF is going to do, what they're going to get passed, 
to uh, set set minimum cash negotiated trade requirements for our packers within the next two years, I'm all yours. I'm all about it. And um, there's a lot of people out there. I'm not just pointing my finger at RCAF. I want to be clear about that um, before the wolves really come for me. Some of the most passionate people out there. And uh, we agree on a lot of things. There's no doubt about it. We do disagree on this, but that is no reason um, to drive a wedge in between us uh, by any means. But there's a lot of people out there that are still pushing for 5014. And somehow M. Cool got brought into the conversation uh, in recent days. And I, I would love to see 5014 and M. Cool passed. I think it would be great for our industry. And you know what? Here's a thought. Let's get this legislation passed and continue to fight for those two things. Because where's 5014 and M-Cool with their timeline of getting passed? I'd I'd like to know that. I'd like to know that. Is anyone talking about getting it it out of the Senate Ag Committee hearing, like Grassley is talking about getting this legislation out of of, uh, that committee, excuse me, the Senate Ag Committee? Um, You know... We can continue to talk about how great it would be for our industry, but it comes back to being realistic. 5014, it was brought to the table back when the pandemic hit, you know, almost two years ago. Almost exactly two years ago. And how much closer are we to getting 5014 passed today than we were then? You know, people are going to hate me for saying this, but you have to be realistic. And there, yes, this bill, it is not perfect. But like I said, and like so many other people have said, You get it passed and you continue to work for more. It's just like anything in life. It's just, I'll take myself for an example. I have never stayed. I mean, I'm always wanting to move up more in my life, whether it be my personal life, my career, and everyone out there is doing it. It applies same to our industry. You get something and you continue to move on. Um, I'll get off my soapbox because I'm sure, I'm sure a lot of people have had enough of my opinion in the past 48 hours. I think that's clear. Uh, I will say this though, we continue to talk about this legislation and yes, I think if you want to get legislation passed for our industry, this is the way to go. This is the way to go. But at the end of the day, I myself question whether anything we get passed in DC will benefit our industry. I have genuine worries that no matter what we get passed, the Packers will find some way around it. Um, we passed the uh, Packers and Stockyards Act, and that's merely that it's, I mean, the government didn't enforce it. What if the government doesn't enforce this? Or what if the government wouldn't enforce 5014 or MCOOL? You know, we talk about getting all this stuff passed. Look at how much of a shit show we have going on in D.C. You have to wonder, um, you know, we talk about these pieces of legislation. How much are they going to do? So at the end of the day... <laughs> My opinion rests in the fact that I don't think the government's going to save you, and I don't think an organization is going to save you. NCBA, USCA, RCAF, DC, no one's going to save you. You're going to save yourself. Um, That's what it comes down to. Because if they were going to save you, they would have by now. They would have. Um, we, We save ourselves. We step up to the plate. We figure out how to do a better job as producers, whether that comes down to marketing decisions, whether that comes down to becoming more diversified. And yes, there is no doubt it is an uphill climb to do any of those things. But, uh, I don't think you sit around and wait for legislation. I don't think you do that. And I don't think you sit around for an organization to save you either. Our organizations have, uh, the, the thing they do best is bigger. 
That's what they do. They do that real well. That is all I have for you guys this morning. I hope everyone is having a good week. We got a little bit of rain here last night and a little bit of snow. Um, I will take moisture in any form at this point. We have gotten terribly dry. I hope you all have a wonderful Wednesday. I will be back here tomorrow. See you then.